Thank you for downloading the podcast. We believe the Word of God will richly bless you today. Now let's get right into the Word with Pastor Rusty Martin. On Tuesday nights, I always take about five to seven minutes and teach on prayer. But I felt in my spirit uh, a, 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 an unction, a desire to do a little bit more in-depth teaching where we can take a little more time, you know, maybe 15 to 20 to 25 minutes here on Sunday nights. And uh, what we're going to do is we're going to teach on prayer. Then we're going to pray for five minutes. Everybody say five minutes. And we're going to believe God that as we pray for five minutes, each and every one of us are going to have a desire on the inside of us to pray more and more and more. Prayer is the language of the kingdom of God. Amen. You say, will we ever stop praying? Never. When you get to heaven and you're talking face to face with Jesus, that's still going to be called prayer. Amen. When you get to heaven and you're talking face to face with your heavenly father, it's still going to be called prayer. Prayer is the language of the kingdom of God. And I want you to know when you learn how to pray and you desire to pray and you enter into prayer, it is something that makes your life wonderful. It helps you not to worry. It helps the word of God open up for you. It causes revelation knowledge to flow. It gives you desire for the things of God. And I want you to know people with a consistent, persistent prayer life walk literally continually in the overcoming power of God. That doesn't mean you're not going to have setbacks. That doesn't mean you're not going to have attacks. That doesn't mean that the devil doesn't raise up. But it does mean you stay in a continual place of offense. You are on the offense and not on the defense. Most people, the only time they pray is trying to recover themselves from something. That's a sad commentary on Christianity. We ought to pray because we have a God worth talking to. Let me say that again. We ought to pray because we have a God worth talking to. There's a lot of religions in the world that have, quote, gods that are not worth talking to. But they pray very persistently and religiously to their gods. But they have a God that's not worth talking to. Their God cannot hear them. Their God cannot answer them. Their God cannot see them. Their God cannot do anything for them. Yet they persistently pray day after day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, persistently pray without giving up. And the church hardly even says grace at the table. And we got a God that desires more than anything, just waiting, just waiting and yearning and longing for his children and his people to come and talk. Come and have a conversation. Amen. Now, notice this in verse 18. There are some things we need to understand. I'm not going to really get into some of the basics of prayer. I'm going to get into some things that will have us uh, understand why a lot of people don't pray, why they, why they don't persist in prayer. Chapter 18, verse 1 of the Gospel of Luke. Did I say that? Are we there? Good. Jesus is speaking here. He spake a parable unto them to this end. That men ought to always pray and not to faint. Now listen to this in the Amplified. I like it in the Amplified a little better. It says, also Jesus told them a parable to the effect that they ought to always pray and not to turn coward, faint, lose heart, and give up. Amen. Now, there are reasons why people do not persist in prayer. The number one reason why people do not persist in prayer is because they do not think God is listening. Now let me say that again. The number one reason why people do not persist in prayer is because they do not think God is listening. And if you do not think God is listening on a continual basis, it will discourage you and you will not pray. 
I'm always reminded of the story. I heard it told in a prayer seminar years ago. I thought it was the greatest illustration I'd ever heard of, a, of, of an old woman, an old lady in the church. And she was just, you know, lived for God all of her life, saved at a very young age, had raised her family, <coughs> excuse me, had raised her family. Her husband had gone on to be with the Lord. Of course, she served God and was one of the pillars of the church and a prayer warrior and an intercessor. And she came to the pastor one Sunday after a service. Said to the pastor, all week long I've been praying. All week long I've been petitioning God. All week long I've been praying in the Spirit. All week long I've just been crying out and pouring out my heart to God. And I do not think God has heard a word I've said. You ever been there? You ever been there? So the pastor, he was wise. He was an older pastor and he'd been in the church for many years. So he kind of sat back and listened to her talk and talk about how discouraged she was in prayer and how upset she was that God hadn't heard a word that she said. And and so he just kept listening and listening. So finally she quit talking about it and uh, and, uh, he looked at her and he said, well, I've got your answer. She said, well, what's my answer? He said, you know what you should do? You should cuss. And she said, What? She said, yeah, you just ought to just start just cussing, like they say up in East Texas. You ought to just start cussing a blue streak. Just take off and start cursing. And she looked at him and said, I'll have you know that I've never had a curse word come out of my mouth. I saved when I was a young girl. I've lived for the Lord all my life, and I've never, ever cursed in my life. He said, no, I think you just ought to cuss. You just ought to stand right here in this altar and cuss a blue streak. She said, I'm not going to do it. That's the craziest thing in the world. He said, it is? He said, now why wouldn't you cuss? Well, she said, at the moment I cuss, God would hear me. He said, you mean to tell me you've been praying all week long, praying in the name of Jesus, praying prayers of petition, praying the word of God, praying in the Holy Ghost, praying all week long God hadn't heard a word you said, but the moment you cuss, he's going to hear you. about that a minute. When you speak, God listens. Now let me say that again. When you speak, God listens. Jesus himself is encouraging us. He's exhorting us. Pray all the time. Don't give up. Don't faint. Don't back off. Then he enters into a parable. He said there was in a certain city, there was in a city a judge. Everybody say a judge. Now notice the characters of this judge, the characteristics of this judge. He feared not God Neither regarded man. I know, this guy's a knucklehead, brother. This guy's a hard case. He has no fear of God. What does the Bible say about people that have no fear of God? They're fools. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. He has no fear of God, so he's a fool. And then it says this, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't regard man, had no respect. He had no consideration. Let me just put it like this. He could care less what happened to you. He could care less if you ate or starved. He could care less if you had clothes or were unclothed. He could care less if you had money. He could care less about you. Amen. Now notice what it says. He said there was a widow in that city. Now you've got to understand, once a woman was widowed back in the ancient times, women didn't have rights like they have today. Women were considered property. And once a woman was widowed, her status in society went all the way to the bottom. That was, I mean, you, you, got, you got to the widow. Under the widow, you had the beggars, you had the lepers, you had the blind, and you had all the other people that were infirmed and rejected by society. So widows were down there on the bottom. So here's somebody, and if he didn't regard man, any man, then certainly he wasn't going to regard any widow. But now notice what it says. 
He said there was a certain woman in that woman in that city. Uh, she came unto him saying, "Avenge me of my adversaries." Actually, Amplified says this: "Protect and defend, and give me justice against my adversary." You know what she's saying? She's saying, "Do do to me what's right, because you are a judge." She's not getting outside the boundaries of what he's supposed to do. He's just, she's just saying, be a judge. Be a judge. Do what's right because you're a judge. Then it says this. And he would not for a while. Which means he wouldn't do it. No, I'm not going to be a judge. I'm not going to avenge you of your adversary. I'm not going to give you. I mean, that's just being stubborn and hard-headed. Part of his character. It says, but afterward he said within himself. Though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. Let me read this in the Amplified. Verse 4 says, and for a time he would not. But later he said to himself, though I have neither reverence or fear for God, nor respect or consideration for man, yet because this widow continues to bother me, I will defend and protect and avenge her, lest she give me intolerable annoyance, and at the last she come and rail on me, and assault me, and strangle me. You know what he's saying? He's saying, this woman is forcing me to be who I am. And because she is forcing me to be who I am, I'm going to be who I am because she's forcing me to do it. Now see, when people study this, they allow the unjust judge to become the picture of God. Now that is, has nothing to do with what Jesus is saying. Jesus is actually painting a picture of man without God. He's painting a picture of man after the fall. He's painting a picture of our indifference toward one another. When we don't serve God nor know God, there is an indifference in us toward one another. I could care less what happens to my neighbor. I could care less what happens to the guy across the street. Hey, I got my own life to worry about. I got my own life to take care of. I mean, I got to look out for me, much less those people down the street. They got their own deal. It's all about me. Amen. Now, notice what it says. He says verse, in verse 5, Yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, least by her continual coming she weary me. And the Lord said, Hear, everybody say hear, what the unjust judge said. It says, Now listen to what he's saying. He's saying, I'm a person that will not avenge anybody. I could care less about God nor man. Leave me alone. But then he avenged her. Hear what the unjust judge said. Then he said this. He said, And the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge said, and shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them. Now, see, that phrase right there throws people into the thing thinking that God's the unjust God. Listen to it in the Amplified. It helps you understand it a little bit. It says, and will not, verse 7, and will not our just God defend, protect, And avenge his elect, his chosen ones, who cry to him day and night. Will he defer them and delay help on their behalf? That's a question. 
Will he defer them? Will he delay the answer? Will he start, if they come to me continually, day and night, crying out, Lord, I thank you for my healing. Lord, I thank you for my prosperity. Lord, I need to know what the will of God is. Lord, I need to know about this decision. I need to know about this purchase. I need to know these things. Are you with me? Then it's a question. Then it says, I tell you, he will avenge them speedily. Now, what he's saying is this. You've got an unjust judge that paints the picture of man. But you've got a just God. To the extent that man would delay and hold back on you, God will speedily avenge you. You, you, Let me try that again. To the extent that man would delay and hold back on you, God will avenge you. Look at what he says. I tell you, he will avenge them speedily, quickly. He's not unjust. He's a just God. He cares about you. He loves you. Get on your knees. Pray. Ask God for stuff. Worship God. Magnify God. Exalt God. Tell him about your dreams. Tell him about your desires. The Bible says he'll do what? Speedily avenge you. (laughs) He's not the unjust judge. He's the just God. I said he's not the unjust judge, he's the just God. Too many people, why they do not pray is because they feel like that God is mad at them, God is upset at them, they look, up their own, they look at their own failures instead of his goodness, they look at their own inability instead of his ability, they look at their own indifference instead of his desire to do something for him, for you. God is very interested in you. Let me try that again. God is very interested in you. Just think what your life would be like right now without God. Come on, come on. Just just for a second, think about where you would be, what you would be doing right now if you did not have God in your life. Where would you be? What would you be doing if you did not have access to God, if you did not know about prayer, if you didn't know about the Word, if you didn't know about praise and worship, you didn't know about church and evangelism, you didn't know about the Holy Ghost and the good things of God, where would your life be right now? It'd be, it, would be, it would be pretty rough, pretty tough. If you had to depend on drugs and alcohol for your joy or your peace. If you had dependent upon all kinds of garbage in your life to give you any kind of, uh, of relief or relaxation. or re- Listen, that's all the world and the world system. God loves you. God cares about you. You're important to God. He wants you to come to him and talk to him. And just go to him and talk to him. And realize that when, he talk, when you talk to him, he is a listening Hearing God. He's not distracted. You ever talk to somebody who wasn't listening to you? <laughs> Leah's always getting on to me because we'll start a conversation while I'm talking. I'll just turn around and walk off. <laughs> she doesn't like that. <laughs> I'm not finished. <laughs> How many times God does that to us in prayer? Right in the middle of a conversation, we get up and turn around and walk off. And God's like, hey. I was fixing to tell you all the good things I was fixing to do for you. Turn around and walk off. No, you've got to make a decision to pray. I said, you have to make a decision to pray. You have to make a decision to pray every day. You've got to make a decision. You've got to decide in your heart, I'm going to pray. If I've got to start my prayer life on an egg timer. What is an egg timer? Three minutes? Are they three minutes? 
uh, you know, the little things that you turn upside down with the, with the sand in them. If you've got to take a three-minute egg timer and say, I'm going to use, this is how I'm going to start my prayer life. I'm going to start three minutes, and I'm going to turn that thing over, and I'm going to pray, but I'm going to pray focused. I'm going to talk to God. I'm going to realize, recognize by faith he's hearing me. I'm going to stay with it. I'm going to do it every day. The devil's not going to distract me. The cell phone, the text, the computer's not going to distract me. The job's not going to distract me. My wife, my husband, they're not going to distract. I'm not going to be distracted. I'm not going to faint. I'm not going to give up. I'm going to start three minutes a day. I'm going to pray. If you will start and have something to build on, then you can increase. I mean, you come in and you hear people talk about, oh, I pray an hour, I pray two hours. Some days I might pray two hours. Some days I might pray three. Some days I might pray 45 minutes. But most, time, most of the time during the week, there'll be a day or two that I'll spend several hours in prayer. Well, look, I've been doing it for 30 years, been in the ministry for 30 years, been building a prayer. You can't do that. You cannot do that. But you do have to start somewhere. Young people, children, teenagers, you want to be a successful teenager? Learn to pray. You want to be successful as a child? Learn to pray. Learn to pray. You're never too old. You're never too young. You say, well, you know, I've gone through life already. I've already, no, no. Learn to pray. God's not through with any person. God's not finished with anybody. And if you will learn to pray, I guarantee you there will be a resolve on the inside of you and an understanding that God hears you, loves you, cares about you, and desires more to answer your prayer than you desire it for it to be answered. Did you hear what I just said? He desires more to answer your prayer than you desire for it to be answered. You say, why is that? Because he's done a whole lot more about getting it answered than you have. He sent Jesus. He died on the cross. He gave you the word. He put the Holy Ghost in you and put it on you. He gives us revelation knowledge. We have the gifts of the Spirit. We've got the power in the name of Jesus. We've got an arsenal, an arsenal of weapons. The weapons of our warfare are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. He gives us the armor of God. He gives us a myriad of things in which to operate in the spirit realm so that we can be successful, so that we can pray and get our prayers answered in Jesus' name. Amen. Brother Frank, go to the keyboard real quick. Lift your hands up. Lift your hands up. Now just let's take a couple of minutes and just pray. Pray out loud. Pray out loud so your own ears can hear it. I'm going to pray out loud. And every one of us in here, for just a few, I'm going to time it on my watch. For just a few moments, let's pray together. Father, we come to you tonight in the name of Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you that we have a God that hears and answered prayer. Answers us, Lord, according to your word. Answers us according to the desire that you have for us to be blessed. To be increased to clothe us, to feed us, to bless us, to show us your will. So, Father, tonight, as we begin this season of time in teaching on prayer, Father, we pray, we talk to you tonight. The language of the kingdom of God, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We come to you thanking you that you're a good God. We come to you trusting you. We come to you in faith. We come to you knowing, Heavenly Father, you do have an answer for each and every one of us. Therefore, Lord, we cry out to you tonight. Avenge us of our adversaries, that which has tried to attack our minds, that which has tried to attack our bodies, that which has tried to attack our finances, that's what, that which has tried to attack our churches. We thank you, Father, that we have authority in the spirit realm, that we can use the name of Jesus. We thank you, Heavenly Father, 
that you show us your will, the knowledge of your will with all spiritual understanding, that we may walk worthy of you, Lord, be fruitful in every good work, increase in the knowledge of God. We ask for that in Jesus' name. We thank you, Heavenly Father, that we can be a church that's without offense. We can be sincere and without offense. Be filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ, unto the glory and praise of God. Father, we can come to you tonight and tell you how much we love you, how much we appreciate what you've done, how much we look forward to what you're going to do, and how much our faith is reaching in to what you're doing right now. We thank you that you are the I am of the Word of God, that you sent Jesus Christ to redeem us, to save us, to heal us, to bless us, to deliver us, to give us heaven as a home, to, be, to give us God as a, as, a, as a good heavenly Father. And we thank you tonight, Father, as we lift up our voices, as we pray, as we pray, Father, we thank you that you build a hunger on the inside of us. We ask you to bless us tonight. Our prayer of petition tonight is that you would bless us with a desire that you would ring on our end, truly in our spirits, that which is necessary for us to respond to you in times of prayer. I pray in the name of Jesus, as the pastor of this church, over every person, that they would find a place in their life of strength, a place in which they will develop a prayer life, in which they will begin tonight, tomorrow, in the morning, afternoon, or evening, the next day, the day after that, that a persistent, disciplined prayer life would begin to come into their life, in all areas of life, praying over their jobs, praying over their businesses, praying over their families, praying over their pastors, praying over their church, praying over the missionaries, praying over the work of the ministry, praying over our city, praying over our government, praying over our military. We thank you, Heavenly Father, that we can come to you praying as individuals, praying as couples, as married couples, praying as a family, praying as a church, praying as the body of Christ, that we can intercede, that we can pray prayers of petition, that we can praise and worship you, Father, that we can glorify and exalt your name, that we can do, Lord, that which we need to do, that we can pray, Father, out in the Spirit, all of those things, and receive from you that which was laid up in the Spirit realm. And Father, we thank you that when we come to the end of our language, not understanding completely what the will of God is, you've given us the Holy Spirit that prays according to the will of God and the Word of God. And we thank you, Lord, that we can pray in the Holy Ghost, that we can pray in an unknown language so that our spirit man connects with your Holy Spirit and brings into existence the will of God in our lives, the will of God in our families, the will of God in our jobs, the will of God in our businesses, the will of God in our church and ministries, the will of God in our city and nation. We thank you for it, Father, and we believe we receive it. We pray with thanksgiving. We pray with expectancy. We pray with faith. We pray knowing, Lord, that you hear our prayer. We're so thankful. We're so thankful, Father. Now lift your hands up and thank Him that He hears your prayer. Thank You that You hear our prayer, Lord. Thank You that You hear our prayer, Father. Thank You that Your ears are open wide, that Your eyes see us. Your hands are not bound, but loosed to reach down into our life. Your feet are swift to run toward us. That You, Heavenly Father, are the God that hears and answers prayer. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. 
the God of an old covenant, the God of the new covenant, the God of the Word, the God of the Spirit, the three in one, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. We thank you. We praise you. We worship you. We believe we receive a desire. Plant within us a desire for prayer. A desire for prayer. Make us willing. If we're not willing, make us willing to be willing. In Jesus' name, we bind every hindrance. We stand against every distraction. We bind the devil. We say, you have no place. You have no place. We pray, Father, over our children, over our teenagers, over all of the people that have come to these altars, all that have been touched in ministry out in the streets and jails. We pray, Heavenly Father. We intercede, Lord God. We pray prayers of petition. We pray, Lord God. Help us, Father, to find that place in prayer that brings everlasting revival, that causes us to break forth on the right, break forth on the left, break forth to the north, break forth to the south, break forth upward, break forth downward in every area and in every way. And let our relationship with you, Heavenly Father, be strengthened by the prayer that we pray. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Now just pray in the Holy Ghost a moment. Just pray in the Spirit for just a moment. Thank you, Jesus. Now, I'll do this and then we'll dismiss. My time's up. Just in my spirit, in my spirit, the Lord just quickened my spirit to, to, to say this. If you've struggled in your prayer life, starting, stopping, hindrances, been frustrated, you want to pray. You desire to pray. But you've just had so many just hindrances and, 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 and things, distractions that have happened that's just, just caused you to be discouraged in your prayer life. I want you to stand on your feet right now. Stand on your feet. Hallelujah. Just stand on your feet. Now lift your hands up. Every one of you, lift your hands. Heavenly Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I bind. You said whatsoever we bind, on earth is already bound in heaven. So I bind in the name of Jesus the frustration, I bind the distraction, I bind the attack of the adversary, I bind in the name of Jesus anything and all that would hinder these men and women from praying. And in the name of Jesus, I loose the great helper of the church, the Holy Ghost. I loose the ability of the Word of God. And I say in the name of Jesus, be free. Be free to pray. Be free to intercede. Begin to enjoy a life of prayer. Begin to receive the joy of a strengthened, disciplined prayer life. Begin to enter in in Jesus' name. And Father, I thank you tonight. Each and every one of these people standing with their hands in the air that this week will be a prayer breakthrough in their lives. 
that they will find time to pray, that they will find a joy and a strength in prayer, that they will enter in knowing that God is listening and doing and responding and reacting to what they are praying. Father, I thank you for that. I thank you for the assurance of it in their life. And in the name of Jesus, I release them to become men and women of prayer in Jesus' name. Men and women of prayer in Jesus' name. Men and women of prayer in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Now everybody stand on your feet. Father, thank you so much. Lord, we believe you. We receive it. You said whatsoever things we desire when we pray, believe we receive it. We shall have it. Thank you for tonight, Lord. Thank you that we can meet with you. Thank you that you meet with us. We thank you, Father, as we leave tonight, our protection in our travels, our protection in our work. We claim it. Thanking you, there shall no evil befall us, neither shall any plague come nigh our dwelling place. We walk on serpents, scorpions, over all power of the enemy, and nothing, nothing, nothing shall by any Thank you for joining us today. We trust you enjoyed the podcast. We extend an invitation to you. Come join us in one of our services, Sunday morning, 1045, Tuesday prayer, 730, Thursday evening, midweek service, 7.30. We are located 2411 69th Street, Galveston, Texas. See you there.